On today's episode, we talk about the difference between gut health and gut healing. We want to lay this out for you so you can understand what it means when we are on a gut healing journey versus just supporting our overall gut health as a maintenance. So hopefully this is helpful for you. And if you find that it is, please rate, review, and share the show. Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning. You never know when it is over, over. All that I know is... Happy hump day. It's Wednesday. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's May. It's mid-May. Oh, goodness. How? Maybe we'll actually start to get some warmer weather here. Oh, knock on wood. Today is the last day of this BS. I'm over it. I've been over it. Wearing a sweatshirt and a winter coat. Well, anyways, we are going to talk about the difference between gut health and gut healing today because on Monday we talked about why function has to be, dysfunction has to be fixed first before we get into physique. And I thought this would be a good episode to air right after so that you guys can also understand what the difference is because I think these terms are used interchangeably. Yep. And that's what we're going to talk about. So if you're new to the show, welcome. I am Liz Roman, the poop queen, here with Becca Chilzinkowski, the hormone queen, and we co-own Fit Mom Lifestyle, where we have an amazing team of very beautiful practitioners who are very smart and educated. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stop. We... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we are actually all together for the first time, except for Caitlin. She wasn't able to join us, um, but that's okay. We've got at least Lauren, Danny, Becca, and Liz together doing some photo shoots, making some content, learning a lot of things, and networking with other practitioners. So we're on the road as this airs, but we hope that this is impactful and helpful for you today. If you're new to the food code, we are functional practitioners and we work with people on a variety of conditions, chronic conditions, uh, autoimmune, low thyroid, autoimmune thyroid, gut health issues, hormonal imbalances, poor detoxification, all kinds of things. uh, Because we know that so many people feel less than optimal or very crummy day to day and have not gotten the help that they deserve from conventional medicine or their doctors. Uh, Maybe they're still seeking answers as to why they feel the way that they do. And so our goal is to, on this platform, give you guys a lot of education and insight backed by science and research, as well as application that we see in our practice and things that we have experienced with clients and really make an impact in your life so that you can start to implement some changes. And I think today there's going to be several things that you can do. If you're somebody who says, I love your podcast, but I don't deal with any major symptoms, you're going to learn today how you can just support your gut health. Um, and that in turn supports overall health and longevity. And that's really important too. So if you like this show, please rate, review, subscribe, share it with a friend. Starbucks barista, daycare worker, whoever it is, because many more people need to understand how to support their body and live a healthier lifestyle in the world that we live in. So that would be a great honor for us if you would do that. That is your paying your dues. That is you showing us appreciation. That is your token of kindness to us. If Um, you love our podcast, show us by sharing, rating, review, subscribing. That is what we need. Speaking of the world we live in, I'm, I, I'm Liz and I do like research prior to all of our podcasts just to get, you know, facts, data, so, so forth. And where I'm looking at the page that we're on and an ad popped up for apparently Dyson 
has created, I think it's Dyson, has created noise-canceling headphones that you attach an air purifier to it for your face. So it looks like this robot thing that goes on your head that you literally, it attaches to the headphones and you just have this air purifier. So you're just breathing air. I'm really at a loss. I get it. I get it. But also then we have the downside of like EMFs straight up on our face Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. It just looks real weird. Yeah. Well, you know what uh, looks really weird is headgear. And I had to wear headgear as a kid and I've been watching Working Moms. And if you guys watch Working Moms, you'll know. (laughs) The girls talked about when they lost their virginity that she was wearing headgear and he was wearing (laughs) headgear. What is happening? Oh this season by far is hilarious. I keep telling Becca, I want her to watch it so I can send her the memes. You know what? What? I wish we didn't live so far away. So Liz and I are doing a date night. We're, do- we're co-doing a date night Saturday. Yes. We, uh, the kids are, Nick's parents are taking the kids earlier on. Yeah. I wish we could do a podcast. Oh, with Nick? And yeah, and art. art. We could like maybe that. we could have a drink prior to dinner. <laughs> I will have a half of a drink because <laughs> I'm that lame right now. Becca will be falling asleep during the podcast while Art and Nick and Liz are just like getting their party on. We'll make you be the DD. I'll be the DD. I just fall asleep at the wheel though because I get so tired when I drink. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just, I feel like Nick would just roast us the entire time and Art too. So I, I talked about Nick. That, so this morning I was getting ready. And Nick holds up my lunch bag and he goes, cool lunchbox because it's the brown one. And I go, listen, Art got that for me because Art said that my other lunchbox that I brought was mangy and gross. And so he got it for Christmas for me. <laughs> it goes, Art sounds like he says all the things to you that I want to say to you, but I only say like 20% of them. <laughs> Art doesn't give up. Uh, I go, yeah, Art does say a lot of the things that you probably don't say, but you're thinking <laughs> Oh my God. I love my husband so much. (laughs) He's probably just sitting behind the TV right now, chuckling and grinning so hard. (laughs) Tears, crying, laughing. This is what it's like to live with. I mean, Becca just can't catch a break. You know, that's the thing. Like I remember in the depths of COVID when I came over to your house to bring you the medication when you had COVID really bad. (laughs) And Nick opens the door and he's such a dick. He was like, you're not going to double mask yourself. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm fine. Oh my God. They're it was sarcasm, so sarcastic. by the way, guys. It yeah, was sarcasm. Yeah, Nick totally. Is... Totally sarcasm. But like, you know, you just, you can't get to break because no. you come here and then you have I, him. Yeah, I get, I get both. Liz doesn't ever recover. Like, come to my house. I'm always coming here. So like when I escape my husband, there's art and art just <laughs> says a lot of things that my husband would say normally or like think. Well, I mean, your lunchbox was pretty. It rusty. was really bad. It's I pick and choose what I spend money on, <laughs> like the air doctors that you got that Nick. Like, oh my god, Nick didn't talk to me for an entire day. When you know what we should do? House. I wish that Dyson that you just showed me, guys. It's horrible. Look it up online. Like it, it doesn't look like. Something. Look up Dyson noise canceling headphones and air purifier. Yeah, um, we should get that for Nick for Christmas. <laughs> just as a funny joke. When I was leaving this morning, he goes, "I'm going to go use your sauna." <laughs> It's like, no, you aren't. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So we got Synergy saunas, which are really cool. I've used it twice. You definitely need to like warm it up before you get in. Because like, I just don't want to sit there for more than 25 minutes. I can do 25 minutes. That's cool. It's like I can read. I can like work on my phone or whatever. But um, 
saunas are a great way to support detoxification and <laughs> support your gut health. I just can't stop laughing internally right now. So um, anyways, this energy sauna is awesome. We don't have a code for you <laughs> to save money, but you could also look it up if you want to have a portable sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I would love for, you know, it'd be hilarious that I could see your husband doing this. It's like when you're gone, just like getting all your functional tools out and like making videos. He would just randomly. leave them in my office is what he'd do. What he does at night when he tries to clean our house rapid fire is he just takes all of my shit and puts it on top of my desk, which drives me insane. But he gets angry because that my stuff is everywhere. I know. So it's like, I don't know how to be less messy (laughs) (laughs) because I have books in every room. But like sometimes I want to read about the vagus nerve right now. I have like two books that I'm reading the toxic one and the vagus nerve. And then I have one coming today. That's uh, what's on your plate. It's all about parasites. So I agreed. I'll put only have one. But then I get confused because I thought it was in my office. Now it's up here. And anyways, I know. Okay, let's dive in because we have limited time with you guys today. Hopefully that you, you know, that was your entertainment for today. You learned that. um, (laughs) We love our husbands. We really do. Yeah, you learned that they're fantastic. And uh, they keep us in line. You know, they push us and challenge us in all very good ways. We need to find a way to challenge them. I challenge him every day. I challenge his patience every day. Yes, absolutely. For sure. He does not understand how to handle women. And so I give him practice on that every day <laughs> okay well because you said this now we have to share this so our actually in between recording came over and he said look at this instagram account they have pictures of books and they just like go through and they share the highlights and so the one was what men know about women and all the pages were blank it was fantastic um that's kind of pretty true right yeah. what do they know about us they don't nick a lot he gets so confused all the time art knows way like, too much about me nick will like apologize when he doesn't know what's going on he'll be like i'm sorry and i'm like what are you apologizing for he's like i don't know i just felt like that's what i should say right now (laughs) well at least his parents tried to teach him right maybe just apologize when it's really oh gosh really uh necessary and important but anyways okay so let's dive in so we're gonna break this down into gut health that is how we prevent gut issues from occurring in the first place Then we're going to talk about gut healing and what we do once issues arise, how we need to heal the gut, seal the gut, uh, and then move forward. So these are not the same things, right? Um, They are oftentimes used interchangeably, but you will go through different seasons or different phases. So when we think about, as we talked about on Monday, all of the different stressors in our life, there's so many of them. That is really what can cause the gut to become imbalanced, right? Where we are stressed, maybe stomach acid levels are lowering. Maybe we did travel to a country and we had, you know, contaminated food or water, or we just didn't wash our vegetables or we like sushi or we like, you know, medium rare steak or burgers, right? That's me. Um, And I want to enjoy the food the way that I want to enjoy it, but I also need the digestive capacity to be up to speed to protect me from things like bacteria or parasites or other things coming in. So what do we do day to day to support gut health? Well, first and foremost, you need to poop one to three times a day pain-free, ideally two to three times. And this is mainly because our ancestors used to move their stools by the pounds like multiple pounds of waste per day. You can There's have a picture for you. What? There's a mental picture for There's you. There's a mental picture. Well, what's 
crazy is you can have 20 to 40 pounds of waste sitting in your colon. 20 to 40 pounds sitting. Look it up. You can have that much shit. So you're essentially, you're just full of shit. All of us are just full of of shit. All (laughs) kinds of bacteria. Yes. Um, And so if you're not pooping every single day, you are in some way constipated, but then we become more toxic because all of these things ferment on the foods that we continue to consume. And then they recirculate the body and stress our liver. So making sure that you're pooping one to three times a day is really important. Um, There are some crazy stats that I shared on a reel and I don't have the numbers uh, in front of me, but we would save like upwards of 16 to $19 million if people would just eat like 25 to 28 grams of fiber a day. I believe that the risk, so the exact same diet, but 15 to 20 grams of fiber less per day, I think increases all of like your cardiac and um, chronic lifestyle disease risks by like 15 to 20%. Crazy. Fiber is so really exactly important. same diet, but 15 to 20 grams left of fiber. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So this is where we talk a lot about eating in season, right? Diversifying your diet, eating pre and probiotics. So a lot of people will just be like, oh, well, probiotics are good for my gut health because I saw this Instagram ad or I saw this commercial. 96% of probiotics don't survive the stomach because of stomach acid, which we need. It's very protective to us. So quality matters, strand matters, purpose matters, and you should not be just taking probiotics continuously. You should be rotating types and strands when you're doing so. Um, We have a whole podcast on probiotics. You can go back and listen to that. But you also need to fertilize those probiotics with prebiotics. So various things like fermented foods can be helpful, bone broth, L-glutamine, kombucha, sauerkraut, kimchi, beet kvass, All of these very colorful nutrients are very good for your gut health. Assuming that you're not somebody who has bloating or gas and like histamine issues, right? And then there's certain bacteria that will feast on some of uh, and ferment some of those fibers or sugars or carbohydrates. So we're just talking to the person right now who says like, I generally feel great. I don't really have any digestive issues, which is awesome. Digestion should be a, a quiet event. All of those things can be good for you to continue to support your gut microbiome. And then in addition to managing your stress, like going outside barefoot, grounding, getting sunlight on your eyes, de-stressing, meditating, reading, journaling, all of those things that can just get you more into a calm state because digestion is prioritized when we're in a calm state. So this brings me to eating hygiene, which is really, really important in both gut health and gut healing, slowing down, taking some breaths, looking at your food, maybe even thinking about how you're thankful for this food. Like I'm happy that I had the ability to get this delicious grass-fed ribeye and make it, you know, just be grateful for the things that you have. Cause a lot of people don't have the things that we have. So you have access to these foods. You have the ability to cook them. Now they're on your plate and you are salivating for it. Like I'm already swallowing as I'm thinking about this and talking, right? So when you think about things, even if it's just like you're at work and you're like, oh man, I'm starting to get hungry and I'm thinking about that delicious, your lunch looked delicious today that you brought. I had a sweet potato barbecue chicken casserole. It looked delicious. It was very yummy. Yeah. So you have enzymes in your saliva. That is your brain signaling your digestive system. We are about to consume foods. And so the enzymes will start to break down carbohydrates and fats. And as you chew mechanically with your teeth, this helps reduce the stress of large particles 
of food going in on your stomach. So think about your stomach as like your blender. It's got to blend all this stuff up. It's got to break it all down into very tiny nutrients and particles that can move through the digestive tract. So chewing your food, slowing down, trying to eat undistracted, it's really challenging. We know, Beck and I struggle with it still, but those things are really important and go a long, long way. Yep, so that is if you are not dealing with any type of gut issues. That means like you can eat whatever foods, not you are eating whatever, ever, you know, processed, fried, all those things, but like you can, and you don't have massive reactions from them. You aren't avoiding foods. You aren't, you know, dealing with chronic bloating or distension by the end of the day, feeling, you know, really off because once your gut becomes compromised, that tends to be what you feel. So typically we see people either go back and forth between constipation or diarrhea or loose stools, um, brain fog, super common, fatigue, because essentially you aren't absorbing nutrients. You aren't getting the energy that your body needs. Um, a lot of people will have like stomach pains, uh, bloating. By the end of the day, you feel more like you're like five months pregnant type feeling. And I would say 80 to 90% of the population falls into that category. Um, very few people have truly healthy guts and it takes work to keep a truly healthy gut. Mm -hmm. And so when you are in this place, it is very different from having, you know, health practices around your gut and maintaining a healthy gut. It, it is very different. At this point, you have to get into more of a strategic manner with the gut. Um, you have to make changes to what you're currently doing. And a lot of people get overwhelmed in this stage. They feel like a you know, I, I don't know how to manage my gut because it, man it means managing my stress and that's really hard. I, I feel like I'm getting worse before things get better. You know, I, I feel like things are so restrictive. Like th there's a lot of, this stage is harder. It is much harder. And you will want to fight this stage. That is a very normal human reaction. But some things that you can do, one, Typically, this includes avoiding processed foods and eating a pretty restrictive diet. Mm -hmm. So we are changing your diet likely compared to what you were doing because what you were doing is what got you here. And so there needs to be a change to the diet. And usually that change is relatively drastic because the drastic change serves a purpose to shock the microbiome and shock the immune system and get the immune system to basically calm down and reduce inflammation. And so that for a lot of people, we do no gluten, no soy, no dairy, no corn, no alcohol, no caffeine, no eggs, and no eggs. For a period of time. For a period of time. There is a reason for that. It is not to make you miserable. It is to remove, some people do low, uh, low FODMAP during this time. Or low histamine. Or low histamine or mm -hmm. low oxalates. Yeah. And there is a reason behind all of those. Again, this is temporary. If someone told you to eat low FODMAP forever, that's not a good advice. Like, or that's the only thing that you did. That's just never going to get to you the need root cause. Low FOD, you need FODMAPs to rebuild your gut, by the way. You need those. So in this stage, a lot of times we are doing more fiber for a lot of people, if they can tolerate it. We are doing more meat, healthy. Fats are usually more oils or very easy to digest fats. We don't do a lot of nuts. Nuts need stomach acid to break down. We don't, we do avocado is great here. Um, coconut milk is great here. 
We don't do saturated fats very much here. Um, they can be more inflammatory if you're already dealing with inflammation. So there's a lot of uh, quote unquote rules mm-hmm. in this stage that we that we do, and they all serve a very big purpose because things have to change, and and that is ultimately the reason. Like you, what you're doing isn't working, and so on top of the food changes, we put in place specific targeted herbs and antimicrobials and support in a specific order. And we can talk a little bit about that, but we've also done a podcast going over the 5R protocol. So, Yeah, and it's all very bio-individual, right? So this is where we're looking at someone's blood work first. Maybe we're looking at an MRT test, which is a mediated release test, and diversifying and varying their diet based upon that because it tells us a lot about what their immune system's reacting and responding to. Then we're going to look at their GI map, what does the stool analysis tell us? Um, what bacteria specifically is overgrown? And how are they doing in terms of their intestinal health? Because all of that's going to change the types of products that we use, the diet, right? Uh, but our goal is to get you out of this place as fast as possible. And that's why it's so drastic and so restrictive for a period of time. When we can get out of this place and we start to restore function, symptoms have calmed down, inflammation has calmed down, then we start to layer things back in. And, you know, throughout eradication, we are supporting digestive capacity. And by that, I mean, like, we're supporting your body with stomach acid, with digestive enzymes, if needed, or bile, if needed, or nutrients to support bile and liver, if needed, right? So there's a lot of things that we consider here. Uh, And then when we're going through eradication, depending upon what it is, we've had some people with really high uh, H. pylori, right? And they're very symptomatic. The house is on fire. It's a blazing. That's a longer journey uh, than somebody who just has, let's say, a present H. pylori who's asymptomatic. Somebody has SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or fungal overgrowth in the small intestine. That's going to be a longer protocol. Somebody has a parasite, depending on what type and what their symptoms are, some of those fuckers can be real nasty, right? And so the length and duration of the healing process varies person to person. Uh, And then we get you into the heal and seal and restore phase and you move forward and you're back to maintaining gut health. Mm -hmm. So why don't we recommend you DIY this yourself? Well, we've seen a lot of people try to do a lot of things and they wasted a lot of time, energy, and money on things that didn't help them. So they either wasted money because they just didn't see any improvement or it made things worse. And now they're kind of, you know, either back to square one or they are doing a longer journey because kind of what I think about is you can think of digestion north to south. We always look at what's happening in the northern region and we address those things first. Because if we don't, things down south, let's say it's SIBO or small intestinal fungal overgrowth or something along those lines, and there's H. pylori present, well, if you're only addressing SIBO, that H. pylori is not addressed, you're going to eventually end back up with SIBO again. Mm -hmm. So it's just really important to be strategic here. And so we just don't recommend DIYing it because there's a lot of things on the market too, advertisement um, wise and commercial wise that are going to tell you and feed you all the promises. Like this past week, I watched this uh, like webinar and it was essentially for a probiotic and they were just, you know, promising all of the things. And I was like, how do you, you don't know this person. You don't know what they need. Do they need this strand of bacteria? I also do not trust supplements. Like Mm -hmm. I am, and this is something that I think we, 
as you know, we, we've seen different things. We've seen what works. We've used different products. You guys, there is no way to test potency of certain herbs. So you, you can think that you're taking ashwagandha, but there is no way to truly test and know of the potency. Was it harvested and grown in a time that was like thriving or was it not doing so well? There wasn't a lot of rain. Like there's plenty of crap supplements out there. Sure, there are some companies that have like glowing standards. We try to use those companies. But if you're just buying, and to be totally honest, as much as this sucks, most general population doesn't have access to the really, really good supplement companies. It's just the reality of it. Like that's why we have full script. That's why we allow people to use our full script. But companies like, I mean, Metagenics is in a lot of places, but there's a lot of companies that, one, you can't trust on Amazon mm-hmm. and like Cellcore. You get like, there's a lot of, yeah, you have to have a practitioner account. You have to have account. practitioner accounts. There's a lot of things that you, you just can't trust supplements. And so that's, again, why I think it's very important to work with someone, especially during this phase, because you want to make sure that what you're spending money on is actually working. Because even if what you're buying is cheaper, if it has no purpose, like it's not doing anything for you, it's actually more expensive. Yeah, because you've wasted not only your finances, but yes. now you've wasted your time. And I think time is more valuable than money, just personally, um, because you can't get time back. So... This is just really important uh, because you want to make sure that within the strategic protocol, there's also a resolution, right? There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and a lot of people don't understand what they're doing, why they're doing it. So we try to do our best to explain to our clients, here's our four-phased approach. Things will change, even though I think you know eight weeks is going to be good enough in certain situations. Sometimes it's not because a lot of bacteria or let's say we saw parasites, when they are getting killed off, they release other toxins, heavy metals, mm-hmm. things that you just didn't know or didn't test for. And so, you know, sometimes you extend the length of the protocol for some individuals or again, other things pop up and you're like, okay, we need to reroute. Um, and so this is just really important. All throughout gut healing protocols, it's important to focus on the digestive t- supports that you need. So it's a disservice for us to work with clients and not focus on stomach acid in some capacity. So this could be apple cider vinegar for some individuals. This could be betaine HCL at a high dose, depending upon what their tolerance is, or it could be a very low dose like hydrozyme, for example. But betaine HCL is really, really important because especially when we are dealing with an infection and a lot of inflammation, the production of stomach acid is just impaired. It's not a priority for the body. We also have to think about managing stress physically. And a lot of times, this is where we talked about this on Monday, people don't want to slow the F down. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to slow down, sister. Like, even throughout phase one, I will say, and Becca even told me, she's proud of me, I did way more walks Mm -hmm. within phase one. And really, even like the last part of uh, 75 hard, because I just need to listen to my body. Like, on the days that I felt good, I did at least like three workouts a week, but otherwise it was mostly all walking or yoga or stretching or things like that. And other people will be like, that's not a hard workout and that doesn't count for 75 hard. I don't care. It's not your program. I did it for myself, nobody else. I did what made me feel good. So you need to break up with intense workouts for a period of time because you are chronically staying in a state of stress. What does that do? It drives cortisol high. What does cortisol do? Impair healing, drives inflammation. Right. So our goal is to calm down as fast as possible that inflammation in the body and get yourself into an environment that your body can heal. And so that requires more sleep, less intense training. Meal timing is important in different phases, 
you know, especially depending upon the person's digestive capacity, right? If they're really, really on fire, then we maybe use more medical foods, uh, meaning like smoothies and things like that that are easy for them to digest and absorb. Eventually, we get into some phases of intermittent fasting, not out of the gates because your blood sugar has got to be regulated. A lot of people come in and they're like, intermittent fasting, I heard that was great for perimenopause. Opposite is true uh, for a lot of people when they're in dysfunctional place. Dysregulated blood sugar equals what? Inflammation. Inflammation equals stress. <laughs> so you can see, um, you know, what we're kind of getting after here today. And then you just got to look at other things in your life. I would say kind of go back and listen to the uh, podcast that we've done about cleaning up your water. Mm -hmm. Water supply is important. Um, clean water. Air quality is important. Get air quality of food, home. everything, you know, mm -hmm. stress, mental, emotional. You got to deal with your what's in, in between the ears to be able to heal because your body can perceive stress just like actual stress. Um, and then when you're able to move past the phase of gut healing process, we try to get people to a very minimalist level of supplements. Like Liz was saying, you know, rotating probiotics, diversity of food moving forward, reintroducing foods. But we do this at a very slow pace. You need to do one food at a time. And you need to do that. Usually we do two to three days of that food in a small dose. Take one to two days off. See if there were any reactions. If you're fine, you can either increase dose of that food or you can start to add another food. Do not finish a gut protocol and go and order pizza, have beer, and ice cream. Like you are going to do yourself such a disservice. So you need to be smart about how you're reintroducing things. Keep some good, you know, sometimes we'll keep HCL in there. If we're, you guys, we're chronically stressed human beings, HCL or hydrozyme or, you know, stomach acid support, apple cider vinegar can be things you keep in long-term. They can be very helpful, um, you know, and then continuing to focus on like what got you to their, that bad place in the first place. What about your lifestyle was causing issues for you? Was it your stress? Was it your workouts? Was it your, you know, super, super restrictive diet that you only ate 10 foods? You got to look at what got you there so that you can make sure that you make those changes moving forward. Um, but maintaining your progress is probably going to take changing your lifestyle to an extent. And then keeping, you know, all of those good health uh, practices for the gut that we talked about in the first phase of this podcast, keep those in place and make sure that you are keeping the biofeedback from your body as close to heart as possible. If you start feeling off, don't let it go for 10 weeks. And then when things get really, really bad, you're like, I need to do something. Listen to your sleep, listen to your digestion, bloating, bowel movements, energy throughout the day, mood, all of those things. You want to be able to evaluate in real time so that they do not make things worse. So hopefully this helps clear up why gut health practices and gut healing processes are very different, how they look different, and when you might need to go into each.